welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. How are we tonight? Good. Who, who loves the say good day time at church? Just loves wandering around talking to people. Who, who hates it? Okay, all the introverts sitting up the back there. The extroverts, you can't stop them talking, but the uh, introverts just can't wait for the sermon to start. Well, it's uh, going to start uh, right now. We're starting a series actually uh, tonight across all of our campuses uh, called David. It's about Israel, looking at the life of Israel's greatest king, King David, in the books of 1st and 2nd Samuel. And uh, this guy's still famous today. You know, 3,000 years later, you know, David is still known around the world. People flock to actually look at his statue, five-meter-high uh, statue. Might be a photo coming up on the screen in, uh, in Florence. And uh, there's David, just before he's about to take on Goliath. Michelangelo sculpted him. He's got his sling across his shoulder. His muscles are flexing in his shoulders and his neck. He's looking wary. He's looking at his, this giant that he's about to uh, take on. And he's in a, a classical, uh, ancient military pose. His body is twisted. He, he's ready uh, uh, to attack, and for some completely unknown reason, he's about to fight an eight-foot giant completely nude. I, I mean, someone should have done a risk assessment, you know, on this, this, this predicament. This has got to go against some sort of, you know, ancient workplace health and safety uh, policy. I've got no idea what he was thinking. It looks fraught uh, with danger. But 3,000 years later, 4,000 people a day flock to gawk at David's nude body, including my uh, good wife, who uh, <laughs> got her photo <laughs> with David. We're not going to spend any more time observing the details of uh, Michelangelo's depiction of David, but we are over the next four weeks going to look at what the Bible says uh, about David. This, this king who was an obscure shepherd boy but became Israel's greatest king and a courageous warrior who, who won many battles on the battlefield, brought other nations uh, to their knees. You know, this courageous king was also described as a man after God's own heart and he wrote more songs of worship in the Bible than any other person that are still being sung all over the world today, centuries later. But he wasn't a perfect king. He, he, he was a broken person, just like you and me, who committed sins and didn't just hurt his own family, but he hurt the heart of God. He hurt the family of God. He hurt God's chosen nation with his sins. But in tragedy and triumph, the important thing I want us to understand over these next four weeks is this king actually points us to a greater king to come. You see, as we, as we look 
at King David's courageous victories on the battlefield. It actually points us to King Jesus' victories forever over sin and death. Far greater victories for us today. You know, as we, as we listen to King David's worship songs and, and this man after God's own heart, I'm praying that our hearts will be filled with worship of the King of all kings. And as we look at uh, David's weaknesses and his desperate need for forgiveness, I, I pray that it'll bring us to the feet of Jesus and the King who came and hung on a cross for us. As we look at his leadership, I'm praying that we'll learn wisdom today, both is in his mistakes and in his victories, to help us live and to lead in a way that brings honour to God today. But as we start this series tonight, I just, uh, in my heart, I, I'd love every person in this room to get prayed for personally tonight. And so we're, we're going to find a way, I think, for that to happen. I just believe that God wants to pour out his spirit afresh on us tonight and for every person to walk away with a personal blessing. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for David. Thank you for all that we can learn uh, from his life. And God, would you help us to learn from his mistakes and from his victories. And in everything that, that we read and everything we discover, May we get fresh revelation of the greatest king, the king of all kings, King Jesus. May you lead us into your presence, King Jesus, and would you pour out your spirit? Would you anoint us for ministry today just like you anointed David all those years ago? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as I said, we're going to look in the, the book of First and Second Samuel. He's the author Samuel is the author of these books. He's a prophet in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant when people, not everyone could hear uh, the Word of God for themselves. They couldn't, didn't have the living Word of God in, in its fullness. God would send prophets to speak on his behalf to his people. Samuel's one of those prophets. Samuel was used by God to anoint Saul as Israel's first king. And Saul... His heart went hard towards God and God rejected him as king because of his disobedience and Samuel the prophet is grieving that that's happened. This is where we pick up the story. First Samuel, first Samuel even, chapter 16, verse one. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I've rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul's hears about it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said when he arrived at Bethlehem. The elders of the town uh, trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse, which just means he, he made him holy. He set him apart and, and his sons, and he invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, 
Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel, but Samuel said, the Lord's not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint. Everyone say anoint. Anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. I want you to understand tonight that God appoints without considering appearances. God appoints without considering appearances. David was not the first pick in his family. He wasn't picked as the greatest king of Israel because he was the smartest, the strongest, the most successful in his family. In fact, he wasn't even in the top seven picks. You know, when, when Jesse was thinking, which of my sons, you know, could actually be the next king of Israel, he, he picked seven other sons before he even thinks of David. He's so convinced that David can't be the one that he doesn't even bother bringing him back in from the fields. And when Samuel looks over all of the first seven sons and says, these aren't the ones, he says to Jesse, well, haven't you got any other sons? I mean, seven sons is a lot of sons. I mean, think of the food bill. You know, I've only got one, you know, son who, who was a teenager one day and nearly sent me broke. But imagine having seven teenage sons eating in your house. When I was a teenager, I used to eat a whole row of wheat bix every morning. Imagine seven sons doing that. That's a box of wheat bix every morning. Not, not just the food bill, imagine the smell. I don't know if there's any 15-year-old boys here in the room today, but every 15-year-old boy I've ever known, they stink. You know, when I was 15, you know, my, my parents actually moved me. I, I was, my bedroom used to be at the front door of the house, but people would come and they wouldn't want to come into our house because they could smell the smell from my footy socks just emanating out of the room. So they, they, at significant cost, they actually moved my bedroom and moved walls to the very furthest part, you know, of the house so people could stand, you know, walking into our house. There's something about teenage boys' feet that smell. This guy has got at least eight sons that, that we know of and David wasn't considered in the top seven. Jesse says, uh, Samuel says, have you got any more sons? He says, well, we, the youngest. He's still out in the fields. You can't want him. He can't be the one. But Samuel says, send for him. And he comes in, and as soon as he sees David, he says, he's the one. You see, other people 
look at human appearances. We've got human standards that we judge people by about how good they are, how significant they are, how much they can be used by God, and we often use those own standards to judge ourselves. You see, David was overlooked by his family. And there'll be some of us here in this room that have been overlooked by our families. David David was overlooked by his family, but God looked at his heart and he liked what he saw. And some of you have been overlooked by, by your families and you've actually got this soundtrack in your head that says, if I've been rejected by my family on earth, then surely I'm gonna be rejected by my perfect, holy Father in heaven. Some of you have got a soundtrack of rejection and some of you have got a soundtrack of accusation. You you or somebody else have actually judged you, you know, by some level of human standards that God never applies to you himself. And you've got this soundtrack going on in your head that I'll never be good enough. I'll never, you know, do anything significant for God. But God does not consider appearances. He doesn't consider our past mistakes. God actually looks at the heart. God speaks to our heart and he's got a different word for us. You know, right throughout history we see this. We see when when God appoints Moses to actually set his people free from slavery in Egypt. Moses, the soundtrack Moses has got going on is I'm just a gibberer. I, I can't talk properly. But but God says, I'll be with you, I'll help you. You are gonna be my mouthpiece. I'm gonna use you powerfully. Gideon, when when God appoints him to set Israel free from, from the hand of Midian, Gideon says, I'm the least in the weakest family in all of Israel. But God says something different. God says, I've appointed you, I am with you. Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. You're a mighty man of valor. When God appoints Paul to actually be a light to the Gentiles, to take the gospel to people who've never heard it before, you know, Ananias hears about it and says, I've heard about this guy's bad reputation. I've heard about his his past, he is bad news. But God says something different. God God says he's my chosen instrument. He is the one that is gonna bring the light of the gospel to places that have never heard it before. And when David, when, when, when Samuel is looking to anoint the king, Jesse said, I've got a young, simple shepherd boy. He won't be the one. But God immediately says, he's the one I've chosen. He's the one I've appointed. Rise and anoint him with oil. I want to encourage you today, some of you have got a soundtrack going on in your head that diminishes what God can use you to do and it's based on words of rejection from your family or it's based on words of accusation from others or from yourself and they're not from God. What God says to each of you, if you are in Christ, he actually says that that he chose you In him, Ephesians chapter one, he chose you in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined you for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. 
God chose you. You're not some random mistake. You're not, you're not some just, just random chance of evolution. God actually chose you before the creation of the world. He chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. No matter what you've done in the past, you are holy and blameless in Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you are holy and blameless in his sight and you have been adopted into his family. You have been adopted as sons and daughters of the most high God and it gave him great pleasure. That's the new soundtrack that God wants to speak over your life and into your heart. Then it goes on to say that you are, Ephesians 2 verse 10, you are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. You've been adopted into his family and you've been appointed some good works to do that nobody else can do and it's got nothing to do with your appearance and it's got nothing to do with your accomplishments. You've been appointed by the King of Kings. Some appointments we prefer to avoid. You know, I prefer to avoid an appointment for a colonoscopy. There's some places a camera just should not go. I'd like to avoid that appointment. There's other appointments that we would really desire but will never be given. There might be some of you in this room who go, I'd really like an appointment with the Prime Minister of Australia. I'd like to get him to change some policies that I think will be good for the nation. Or I'd like to get him to abolish some taxes that'll be good for my bank balance. But you're probably not going to get that appointment because some appointments are dependent on your prior accomplishments or your appearance. You have been appointed by the King of all kings, and it is not an appointment to avoid. It gave him great pleasure to invite you into his family and to give you good works to do, which he prepared in advance for you to do. Can everyone say with me tonight, I have been appointed by the King of Kings. Come on, say it with me. I have been appointed by the King of Kings. There are no imposters in the kingdom of God. God appoints without considering appearance or accomplishment and God anoints whom he appoints. 1 Samuel 16 verse 13 says, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers and from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. He anointed him with oil. All right, he was told, God told him to fill his horn, which is actually like a, uh, a big ram's horn. It held quite a bit of oil, they reckon about a liter or two of, of oil and he takes it and he, and, he, and he anoints David with this oil, which right throughout Scripture is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's an external, it's an outward symbol of what God's Spirit is doing within us. 
It, to, to be anointed with oil is to be uh, anointed with the, the blessing of God's presence, of God's provision, of God's protection, of God's power. And we see this right throughout David's life. It wasn't the special oil that came on David and anointed him and enabled him to be a great king. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon him and gave him blessings from heaven, wisdom and power and protection and provision. I just want to reenact this moment just for a moment. We, we don't have a shepherd boy here, but we do have someone that, you know, is kind of described like David, someone that's ruddy and handsome and a good leader. Would you give a big welcome to Pastor Tim Lucas this, this evening? Now, I don't have a horn of oil either. I do have a jug of water. It's about the same amount of oil that Samuel would have had to anoint David with. I just want you to watch closely what actually would have happened out in the field that day. Samuel would have tipped this oil over David's head and anointed him in the power of the Holy Spirit as the king of the Mackenzie campus. <laughs> what do you notice? Wait, come on, what do you notice? He's what? He's saturated. He's soaked. And remember, this oil was simply a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And as Samuel is anointing him, he's soaking him in the Spirit. What else do you notice? There's more than enough. There is an overflow all down Tim's pants and on his boots. There's an overflow. You know, this humble shepherd boy, he actually went on to write, you know, more songs of worship than anyone else in the Bible. Probably his most famous song, it was a song called Psalm 23, and it starts by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he's got everything that, that I need. And he writes this psalm, you know, about his experience as a shepherd and how his Father in heaven is the good shepherd. He restores, he protects, he guides, he cares. And then in verse five, out of his own experience, David writes, he anoints my head with oil. My cup, say it with me, my cup. Say it again, my cup. Overflows. It came from David's actual experience of being anointed, had oil running down his hair and through his beard and just an overflow of God's spirit in his life. And that's what we see in his life. You see, David wasn't just, the spirit didn't just come powerfully upon David just to bless him with his God's presence and power and protection. He, there's such an overflow of God's spirit in David's life that a whole nation was blessed. In fact, we're still getting blessed by his ministry today. We're still singing his songs today. We're still getting blessed by his wisdom 
today because of the overflow of God's spirit in his life. Will you give wet Pastor Tim Lucas a big hand tonight? Like David, we're all called to live and to minister out of the overflow of God's spirit in our lives. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon certain people like David. This didn't happen for everybody. It came upon certain people for certain tasks. But in the New Testament, it says the Holy Spirit is poured out for everybody, on all believers. We've all been anointed. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. It says, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. So if you're in Christ, he anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us and he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Come on, everyone, just say these things with me. I am appointed by God. I am anointed by God. I am the anointed appointed. You are the anointed appointed. And I just believe tonight, you know, God wants every single one of us to live in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to live in the, and to minister out of the overflow of God's Spirit in our lives. He doesn't want us just to work harder, pull our socks up, try, try uh, and do better. He actually wants to pour out his spirit upon us so that we live and minister out of his power. So our lives will be described just like David. It says the spirit of the Lord powerfully came upon him. And one day, the end of our lives in the book of Acts, it says that David fulfilled everything that God had called him to do in his generation. I don't know about you, but I want that written on my gravestone one day. So how do we live and minister in the overflow of the Spirit? I've got four A's. I'm going to do them really quickly. I reckon all of us just need to pick up one of them. All right, just one of them will be important for us tonight that you need to kind of pick up and take hold of. Firstly, abandon. Abandon ourselves to the cross of Christ. Abandon ourselves to the, to the power of God. It's not, God is not looking for superstars. He's looking for hearts that are completely surrendered completely submitted, completely abandoned to him. Second Chronicles 16, it says, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth looking to strengthen the hearts of those who are fully committed to him. He's just looking for hearts that are abandoned to him. David knows this and he wants to give everything. He wants to give every part of his life to God to fill. And so he sings songs like this. He, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God will only fill what you give him to fill. Some of us need to pray a prayer like David today, show me any offensive way in my heart that I can just surrender it to you and that you are abandoned to your purposes and you could come and fill me. Secondly, we need to ask. Jesus himself said, there is, if, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, even though you are evil, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God wants to give you his spirit. It actually goes on to say, pray with shameless audacity, pray with boldness, but you've got to ask. Some of you don't have because you don't ask. 
You know, when I started out in ministry, it was because I just, I, I, I knew just the overwhelming power of the Spirit in my life, just giving me a passion to uh, share the gospel. I started out in, in ministry. I started leading a, a youth ministry. I remember I was doing a series on spiritual gifts a couple of years in, into my ministry. And I just kept reading about the gift of tongues and I, it hadn't been part of my experience. It hadn't been part of my, the culture I, I grew up in. But as I kept reading it, I just felt like God prompted me to ask for that gift. And so I'm, I'm with a group of teenage youth leaders. And I said, I reckon I'm just supposed to ask for this gift. Would you pray for me? We're all praying for each other. And over the next couple of months, every time we started to worship in church or I was just on my own, just worshiping God, I just noticed this funny language started to come out that I didn't really understand. It felt a little bit weird, to be honest. But over about three months, I realized that every time I began to praise Jesus like this in this way I didn't understand, I could feel faith rise up in my heart. I could feel the power of God just rise up in me in a way that I knew I could not manipulate. I didn't have it before then because I didn't ask. I'm not saying everyone should ask for that. I'm just saying don't be afraid to ask with shameless audacity for God to pour out his spirit in your life because it's what he wants to do. We've got to abandon ourselves to the cross of Christ. We have to ask. We need to ask today like Paul asked for the believers in Ephesus when he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That is what God wants to do in this room tonight. He, out of his glorious riches, he wants to strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. We need to abandon, we need to ask, and we need to abide. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You see, you can only minister to others out of what Jesus is doing in your own life. You can only minister love and grace if you're living in love and grace. You can't minister the extravagant grace of God to people if you're living in judgment. You can't, you know, minister wisdom to people if, if you're living in foolishness. You, you can only, you can't minister the forgiveness, the unrelenting, unbelievable forgiveness of Jesus to, to, to people if you're holding on to unforgiveness. You've got to abide in him, minister out of the overflow of God's spirit. You've got to abide in his word. One of the things that I, I do when, when I read God's word, I just start reading and say, God, I want you to speak to me. And I'm just going to read until you just bring, you know, your living word for me today. It's kind of like the words just jump up off the page to me. Sometimes it happens in the first verse, and sometimes I've got to read three chapters until it happens. But God speaks. We've got to abide in his word. That's for some of you, that's got to the end of the year and you've just realized you haven't been abiding in his word and he's calling you to return to his word. David, we think it's David who writes this psalm, it might not be, but Psalm uh, chapter one, a similar kind of principle, same idea. He says, blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord, who meditate on it day and night. They'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. They will yield fruit in season. Whatever they do prospers. There's an ab- 
abiding in God's word. There's meditating on it day and night and there'll be an overflow of, of God's spirit, of God's living word in and through us to others. We've got to abandon, we've got to ask, we've got to abide. And some of us have got to activate. You actually got to activate. For some of us, you've got a spiritual gift sitting within us. And every single one of you, if you're in Christ, you've got a spiritual gift sitting within you. But some of them are lying dormant because you haven't activated them. You're kind of waiting for the magic to happen. And you've got to activate it. The magic's already happened. God's put a gift within you. You've got to start to activate it by faith. You know, when I first started preaching uh, 29 years ago, I remember my very first sermon. It was, uh, Jesus is gentle, humble, and kind, and you should be gentle, humble, and kind. It was kind of true, but it was awful. And I got halfway through, and I just could not work out what I was supposed to say next. And that felt like a long pause, didn't it? That was only about a third of what happened that night. I am looking down, I'm looking for notes, I can't find anything, I can't read my notes tonight because my eyes are absolutely stuffed and I can't see a word in front of me, but back then I could read and I just could not find where I was up to. Now I know when I get stuck, I just repeat the last three things I said over and over again until I remember the next thing, but I didn't know, I didn't know any of those tricks back then. And I'm just sitting there, it was awful. I wanted to dig a hole in, in the stage and, and die in it. But somewhere in the midst of that embarrassment, I felt the power of God in me as I spoke the word of God. And I knew it was a gift that I had to activate. And it wasn't gonna be easy. And for the last 29 years, I've activated this gift by praying, by asking others to pray for me and pray that God would anoint me and fill me with his spirit. I've activated it by practicing it and practicing it and practicing it. I've activated by submitting to the elders and submitting to others who give me feedback and help me to improve. Some of you have got a gift lying dormant within you that needs to get activated by faith and it's not always easy. But God has appointed and he has anointed you to point people to Jesus. None of us here in this room, none of us have been chosen to lead Israel. We're not called to lead God's chosen nation. None of us will ever be appointed to royalty. You'll never be anointed king or queen of a nation like David, but God has appointed you, and he has anointed you to point people to Jesus. This is what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are a people belonging to God to declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You have been anointed to point people to Jesus. This series, looking at King David, it's not so that we end up praising David as good a king as he was. But when King David died, he was placed in a dark tomb and he's still there to this day. But there was another king who came to sit on his throne and a throne that would last forever. And when that king died an inglorious death upon a cross, 
when his arms were spread out wide to forgive your sins, to save you from your sins. His dead body was taken down off that cross and he too was placed in a dark tomb. But on the third day, light broke into that darkness. The stone was rolled away. And Jesus Christ, the one who came and lived and died in our place, he rose again. He moved from darkness to light. He put to death your sin and he rose from the dead and he is alive today. Jesus Christ is the true King. He is the King of all kings. There is nobody like Him. He is worthy of all praise. And He is the only hope for this broken world today. Every person you ever meet needs the forgiveness, the power, the love, the healing that only Jesus Christ can bring. And that's why it's important that every single one of us understands if you are in Christ, you have been appointed. You have been anointed to point people to Jesus. Jesus himself, when he's walking around on a human body, he needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit as he walked in a human body. His very first sermon was a heck of a lot better than mine. He didn't forget any words. He got it word for word, but he cheated. He was quoting from the Old Testament. But he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He's anointed me to to bring recovery of sight for the blind. He's anointed me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners. He has anointed me to set the oppressed free. Now, any single one of us won't do all of the ministry of Jesus, but together as the body of Christ, as we all use the different gifts that God has given us, we will continue the ministry of Jesus. We will fulfill the purposes of Jesus. Some of you in this room, there is a special anointing on your life to minister to the poor, and you've got to do it, and He'll give you the power to do it. Some of you here have got a special anointing to proclaim good news. We're all called to be witnesses of Jesus, but some of you are specially anointed to be evangelists. Some of you here have got a special anointing on your life to pray for the sick and to see them healed in Jesus' name. Some of you have got a special anointing on your life to to actually pray for people and see them set free from the prison of sin and be free to live with Jesus in His victory and His power. Some of you have an anointing on your life to see the broken and the oppressed find hope and healing in Jesus' name. But together, all of us are appointed. We are anointed to point people to Jesus, the hope of this world. Can we stand together tonight? I'm going to invite our prayer team, pastoral team. Lauren's invited a whole bunch of people to pray tonight. As I said, I just felt as I was preparing this message, I wanted every single person to know that they're appointed, to know that they're anointed and to walk out of these doors just with a fresh anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I've asked Lauren to gather a whole bunch of people with some little bottles of oil. I promise there'll be no big jugs. 
There'll be no horns full of oil. Nothing will get tipped over your head. But they're just going to take a little bit of oil and they're just going to just put it on your forehead. Just a, a symbol of the power of the Holy Spirit. They're just going to pray that, that you would know the anointing power of the Spirit on your life just like David knew it all those years ago. That the Spirit of the Lord would come powerfully upon you. I'm, I'm going to pray, but while I'm praying, just start to come. It's going to take a while. You're going to need to line up and just wait. As, as someone prays for you, go back to your pews. We are going to sing a bit in these last 10 minutes, but we're going to pray a lot more than we sing. Encourage us, go find someone to pray with. If you, if, you don't, if you don't feel comfortable having someone pray for you, just tell them and sit down. But if someone comes to you and just they just uh, want to pray for you, just receive the blessing of God. God wants to bless you tonight. He wants to bless you tonight. Let me pray, but start to come right now. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you wash us clean of our sin, free from blame and accusation. God, tonight, God, would you change that soundtrack? Would you help us tonight to understand, to believe, to receive that we're appointed, we're anointed to point people to Jesus? And would you pour out your Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out your Spirit in this place. Fill us with power. Fill us. Fill us with power, God. May we know your presence in our lives. May you anoint us by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, just, just keep coming. Keep coming. If you're lining up over here, come over this end. Come on, just uh, this, this, this side's a bit slow. So keep moving up, uh, up this way. We're going to pray for We're going to pray for everyone we can. God's going to anoint you with power to be His light in the marketplace. Some of you, some of you are called to stand on a stage like this and to share good news. And he's going to anoint you to do that. But some of you are called to lead businesses. Some of you are called to, to be a light in government. Some, some of you are called to, uh, to actually shine a light of hope in some actually really secular places. And you just know you need the power of the Spirit upon you to do it. You can't do it in your own strength. You've actually tried. Tonight, you just need to abandon yourself to Jesus. Just let Him fill you with His Spirit afresh. No, just, just keep coming. i 
sweet in a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit
people to come and pray. Can, can I just invite, just anyway, if you've got a, you got a heart to pray for people, you're happy to put a hand on someone and just pray that God would, uh, God would move in power. Come on, just, just come, and, come and join us uh, down here right now. We're just going to keep singing. I, I, as I said, I just want everyone to get prayed for. I don't want anyone to miss out that wants to get prayer. As, as you go back, as you go back to your seat, just look for someone to pray for. As I say, if they don't want to get prayed for, don't worry. But just look for someone to bless. Look, look, look for someone that you can just pray a blessing over their life tonight. You, you might not know what you're going to pray until you get there. But just pray that God will bless them, that God will fill them with love, that God will fill them, God will fill them with power. Some of you tonight, you just need to take hold. Come on, actively as we sing this song, just take hold of the word that God is speaking over you. Let it shape your heart. Make it the new soundtrack. Come on, we're just going to sing this chorus one more time. Sing, pray, take hold of what God's got for you tonight. We need a fresh the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out. The 
spirit out to anoint your people. God, tonight will you help every one of us to take hold that which we've received from you. God, we might take it from here. Take your love, take your power, take your promises to a broken world that desperately needs Jesus. God, would you send us out with power. I pray in Jesus' name. Can I just encourage some of you tonight? Some of you are going to do this out there. You're just going to find people to pray for. You don't have all the answers. You just got to point people to Jesus. Some of you this week, you're just going to offer to pray for people. And you're going to be surprised by what God will do. You're going to be surprised by what God will do. Take the opportunities. Take the opportunities just to bless people. Pray for people. Point people to Jesus. Let's see what God does. God bless you. Back next week, continue our series in uh, Samuel, looking at the life of David. Be blessed. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.